amplified the problem. Because there's so much conflicting, often unreliable information out there, users have to select which sources to believe. And it's just easier to believe the articles or writers who share our prejudices rather than those who don't. This is CBS News. Fever is the key symptom for both the flu and COVID. The Exergen Temporal Scanner is essential to detect fevers early and reliably. Learn more at exergen.com. Vaccines are not enough, and accurate thermometers are essential for everyone. COVID is once again a major concern, and fever is the key symptom for both the flu and COVID. An accurate thermometer, like the Exergen Temporal Scanner, is essential to detect fevers early and reliably. Studies have shown that non-contact thermometers are ineffective and therefore dangerous as they create a false sense of security. Exergen is working with a single focus to ensure that everyone who needs an accurate thermometer can purchase one. Learn more at exergen.com. At Shell, we know from the time you get up to the time you wrap up, Good night. there's a lot of meetups, eatups, and hurryups. So come to Shell and get three things done at once. Fill up with Shell V Power Nitro Plus to help keep your engine running like new. Save up with the Fuel Rewards Program and never pay full price for gas again. And snack up with in-store rewards to save even more at the pump. Make the most of the stop you need to make with Shell. And engines that continuously use Shell V Power Nitro Plus Premium Gas. See full terms and conditions at fuelrewards.com. It's curtains up for Broadway's hottest shows tonight. Popular. I know about popular. Several popular productions are reopening in New York City for the first time since the pandemic started. Shows like Wicked, The Lion King, Chicago, and Hamilton are all welcoming back fully vaccinated crowds. I am not throwing away my shot. Fans will also have to wear masks, but they're not the first shows to raise the curtain. I push B-52 and bomb the Boss got a huge standing ovation when Springsteen on Broadway ran for a limited time this summer. Passover, Hades Town, and Waitress have also been back in business for a few weeks. A few other shows open later this month, including Moulin Rouge and Aladdin. Monica Ricks, CBS News, New York. Dozens of blocks north, celebrities turned heads at the Met Gala. Frank Ocean carried a lime green robot baby to match his own green hair. Deborah Rodriguez, CBS News. Pro football season's here, and pro roofers save valuable time with Beacon Pro Plus. Beacon Pro Plus works 24-7 for material ordering, order history, and automated promotion tracking, so you can get your favorite GAF roofing products even when working remotely. And now, order on Beacon Pro Plus and get a $175 gift card and a chance for a VIP pro football getaway. Gear up and raise your game with Beacon Pro Plus today. Build, score, and win at BECN.com. Are you a true crime super fan? Join award-winning 48 Hours correspondent Aaron Moriarty on the My Life of Crime podcast. Name the 2021 Digiday Best podcast. Each episode pulls you straight into the investigations, including a New York City after party gone horribly wrong, a cold-blooded teen killer looking for a retrial, and more. Season 3 coming this fall. Follow My Life of Crime on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Daily reports at the stock market's close. Tune in at 5.30 tonight on WATH to stay informed about your money. The stock market report is brought to you by Goldsberry Wealth Strategies, serving Athens County since 2005. The Goldsberry Wealth Strategies stock market report airs exclusively in Athens County on 970 WATH weekdays at 5.30 immediately after our local newscast. Securities offered through Raymond James Financial Services, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC. Investment advisory services are offered through Raymond James Financial Services, Advisors, Inc. Goldsberry Wealth Strategies is not a registered broker-dealer and is independent of Raymond James Financial Services. 
These days, we're all doing a lot more virtually, which is why at Ohio Health, we've expanded our virtual care options and availability to make it even easier to get safe expert care at home. That includes virtual visits with over a thousand trusted providers in every medical specialty. Learn more about our virtual health options at ohiohealth.com slash virtual health. Hi, I'm Kim. And this is Ruth. Please join us every Wednesday morning on 970 WATH to make it happen. It's the Kim and Ruth Show. Well, it's not the Kim and Ruth Show. It's really... Tune in to Make It Happen with Kim and Ruth every Wednesday morning at 10.06. And we'll spend time talking about health and wellness topics and all aspects of healthy living. But we know that you're the real expert in your health, so let us help you make it happen. Wednesday morning on 970 WATH to make it happen. It's the 23rd annual Paw Paw Festival this weekend at Lake Snowden in Albany, Ohio. From the 17th until the 19th, enjoy music, competitions, beverages, and more. Events include Best Paw Paw Contest, the Brewers Roundtable, and Paw Paw Beer Tasting, the Paw Paw Eating Contest, and the Paw Paw Cook-Off. Free shuttle service to and from Athens, Albany, and Hocking College. Once again, the 23rd Annual Paw Paw Festival at Lake Snowden in Albany. For more information, go to ohiopawpawfest.com. The John Clem Recovery House is having its annual fundraiser this month, Wake Up to Recovery. They are a nonprofit helping Athens, Hocking, and Vinton counties and is funded by the 317 Board, a local community, and businesses. They have been here for 16 years and need your help. With one location in Athens, they have helped over 700 men in our community get sobriety. With your help, they will continue to serve this area. You can reach them with donations or sponsorships at 8044 Dairy Lane or by calling 740-593-3797 or find them on Facebook. Thank you for your support. Fairhope celebrates life. If you're facing an end-of-life situation, Fairhope Hospice and Palliative Care. It is never too soon to call. Fairhope is here to listen. You don't have to face it alone. Fairhope cares for your loved one where they live. Or, during times of stress, the Pickering House is a serene setting providing relief for the patient. To learn more about Fairhope's Care from the Heart, please call one 800 994 their whole hospice, we celebrate life. Join Kevin Dunnigan and Troy Bolin all season long for the Hewite Honda Football Friday Night Postgame Show. Immediately after the Athens County Game of the Week, join the guys for analysis, information, entertainment, and giveaways throughout the show. Have a question about a game in the area? Driving back from a football game. Call in at 740-592-1055 or toll free at one 592 1055 It's the Hugh White Honda Football Friday Night Post Game Show. Friday nights on 105.5 FM, Power 105. I-N-E-P-T, Tech, two, four, six, eight. Who do we appreciate? Oysters, oysters, raw, raw, raw. Coach Turf, your NF Tech football team came out on the short end of a 49-3 score last week at Indiana That's Orthopedic. Right. Uh, they was 49 and we was 3. IOU was the opponent uh, on the road. I know you were at a bit of a disadvantage going into that game because one of your starting players, Stubby Simmons, I think, was injured in the previous game. Was he able to make the trip? That's right. You know, uh, Stubby did fit into the Packard. Uh, he rode in the glove compartment because we had to stick his injured leg outside the window. Uh, but he did make the trip, yes, sir, and we were real glad that he did because uh, one of the things that was real positive about the trip was even though we was playing our opponents, Indiana Orthopedic University, what they done is they had a bunch of team doctors there that was real fine doctors, and they fixed old Stubby up. So not only uh, did they fix him up, 
real good. They fixed him up so he could play in the ball game. Coach, another positive note to that ball game with IOU was the fact that you did score for the first time this season. Well, that's right. You know, we did get ourselves a field goal in that ball game. And I'll be back to talk with Coach Turf about that field goal right after this message. And the Art Turf Show is brought to you by the Elimination... No, wait, wait a minute. Keep a straight face. This is radio. We're supposed to be serious. Yes, that's right. It's okay. it's difficult to do with Art Turf at times, though. Art who? Uh, Art Turf, the brother or cousin of Nat Turf. Why are you telling me this? You're supposed to be doing the sponsor. Two, two famous Turfs. <laughs> right there. Sponsor. Sponsor. Eliminate the need to bend, kneel, or squat to pick up doggy dew with the arm and hammer, swivel, bend, and rake. It makes unpleasant yet necessary tasks even easier. Well, Coach Turf, I know you don't find many bright spots in a 49-3 loss, but you did score for the first time this season. Well, that's right. You know, there ain't many bright spots, especially uh, when it, the weather's so bad as it was. You know, it was raining, it was cold, it was storming, it was windy. It was a real bad scene up there, and I think that uh, we need to let the fans in on how important getting this field goal was to our program here. So I think what we better do is set the stage for what happened right before the field goal happened. You know, it was right there at the end of the ball game, and we was losing 49 to zip, and we had the ball in our own territory, and it's raining, and it's windy, and it's blowing, and it's real cold and everything. And got to remember that Stubby Simmons is a holder on the field goal team, and he's been injured for the last week, and they just fixed him up so he could play in the ball game. And the ball game is real, and, and the ball is real slippery there in the ball game. So you got to remember it's going to be tough for Stubby to hold on to that ball when they center it to him. And remember... Our field goal kicker, boy name of a Sammy Sidewinder, freshman this year, had trouble kicking off in the uh, ball game at the SOS in the first ball game of the season, so he's a little nervous. So we figured that we'd get his confidence up by sending him in to try a field goal, even though it was the last play of the ball game. You got to remember that Sammy is out there concentrating. He's got to lock his leg. He's got to follow through. He's got to watch the ball. And he done exactly that. We centered the ball, and Stubby had it, and Sam is concentrating. He locked his leg. He followed through, except he, he missed the ball. He kicked Stubby, but Stubby went clean over the uprights, and Stubby was still doing his job. He was holding on to the football, so the referee gave us three points because you got to remember, you don't get no points at all if just the holder goes over. Be listening again, sports fans, for the next thrill-packed interview with the head coach of the Fighting Oysters of Inept Tech, the coaching legend in his own mind, the one and only Coach Art Turf. In our 71st year of service to Southeast Ohio, AM 970 and 97.1 FM. Oh, mercy. What a beautiful morning it is out there. 68 degrees presently. Gonna switch those digits and become 86 later in the day. Did that make sense? I guess it did. It's a Tuesday edition and we have a free-for-all.
my um, uh, a friend of mine sent me this. Uh, let's see, what is this? This is uh, Instagram. I I don't know. All this social media stuff confuses me. There's so many different things, and I'm I'm hooked up to most of them, but I don't know how to use many of them. Um, just the the basics, I guess. <laughs> anyway. Um, in their community, I, I won't tell you who it is, <laughs> but uh, in their community, um, it says a truck loaded with thousands of copies of Roger's Thesaurus crashed yesterday, losing its entire load. Witnesses were stunned, startled, aghast, taken aback, stupefied. Confused, shocked, rattled, paralyzed, dazed, bewildered, mixed up, surprised, awed, dumbfounded, nonplussed, flabbergasted, astounded, amazed, confounded, astonished, overwhelmed, horrified, numbed, speechless, and perplexed. (laughs) Okay, now, in case you missed where that was going there, this truck was carrying thousands of thesauruses, right? Yes. <laughs> and there's a picture here. Look at this. <laughs> it's got. It's like the whole ro- road is covered with papers. Yeah. Or well, books. Or yeah, a lot of publications yeah. laying there. And evidently, the majority of them were thesauruses which is a book that helps you uh, find other words that mean the same sort of thing, right? Synonyms. There you go. Yes. <laughs> so the writer used a variety of words that were synonyms. Well, okay, It's why should I have to explain it? Well, that's all right, okay. because maybe some folks aren't familiar with a theosaurus. And, and here's a... A theosaurus? Yeah. That's a d- dinosaur, isn't it? Well, it could be. Could be a tyrannosaurus. Okay. Rex. <coughs> uh, but here, here's one for you. A one-liner that Rodney Dangerfield might say. Are you ready for this one? I'm ready. I, I have the world's worst theosaurus. Not only is it terrible, it's also terrible. Okay. <laughs> all right. All right. Good morning, folks. It's a free-for-all. I, I think you figured that out uh, already. <laughs> it's also a Tuesday. The date is September 14th, 2021. Almost didn't say that right. 2021. There we go. Today is National Parents' Day off. Hmm. National Live Creative Day. National Sober Day. National Ants on a Log Day. National Cream-Filled Donut Day. National Eat a Hoagie Day. And National Virginia Day. Why do we have to have a National Ants on a Log Day? I had a feeling you might ask that. That um, I think is like a candy or a dessert really yeah 
I'm going to find it here for the official explanation of that. Well, anyway, those are the proclamations for today. Yes, they are. So, ants on a log day. Yes, ants on a log we are going to locate here. While you're looking. And. Oh, you found it already. Yeah. Go ahead. It goes, it's the second Tuesday in September. And this day recognize the. Wait a minute. Isn't today the third Tuesday? Wait a minute. Today is the fourth. Yeah. It's the second Tuesday. Okay. Okay. Because uh, the first. Well. Never mind. Yeah. Never mind. The first Tuesday was the seventh. Okay. So that, therefore, yeah, happens that way. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Never mind. Just go. (laughs) This day recognizes this iconic and healthy food snack enjoyed by millions of people across the USA. What? Yeah, and around the world, we make this delicious snack by spreading peanut butter on celery and then placing raisins on top. You should try it. It's pretty dandy. Okay, now, first of all, (coughs) uh, the description sounds good, okay? I just have never heard the expression, ants on a log. In that sense, you know, celery, peanut butter, raisins. That's it. Pretty basic. So I learned something. Yeah. It's recommended as a healthy snack by the McKinley Health Center at the University of Illinois at Urbana-Champaign. And they go on to say, how healthy is it? (laughs) Raisins add a little sweetness to the snack by providing vitamin C, selenium, and zinc, low in sodium, good source of potassium, making them great for blood pressure. Another healthy benefit of raisins include iron, copper, and magnesium. I Coupled just, I, I, with potassium, you got to hear this, with potassium, these pH balancing minerals help keep stomach acid in order. For those of you that may have stomach acid issues, peanut butter, an excellent source of protein. And it boosts healthy fat, too. And then celery, obviously it's low in calories. You'll get fiber, folate, potassium, and vitamin K. And it doesn't have any of the fat and cholesterol other snack foods have. Cool. Okay. How about that? Um, well, uh, the anyway, National Ants on a Log Day. Now I understand that more than I ever thought I could. And to just look at that, you know, National Ants on a Log, what do you think of if you, like you said? I thought of Ants on a Log. Exactly. If you've never heard of this snack, you think about the crawling insects all over a log log laying in the field or a forest or something like that. Having their day. we're we're going way too long on this, but I, anyway, I do like raisins and cr- dried cranberries and all those sort of things, and I love to doctor up salads and different things with those. All right, uh, foodies. Wrong. 
<clears throat> historical events. 1752 on this date of September 14th, Britain and the British Empire, including the American colonies, adopt the Gregorian calendar. Now, in parenthesis, it says no September 3-September 13. So, they just eliminated those mean? days? Did they just eliminate 10 days there? I don't know. Hmm. Anyway. It's, uh... Oh, you found something? Yeah. It, uh... Okay, the Gregorian calendar. Yeah, okay. Do we use the Gregorian calendar today as... I have no idea. ...today's internationally accepted civil calendar, also known as the Western or Christian calendar? Okay. Uh, The Julian calendar is a Roman calendar. Um, It says here... I have a AAA calendar here. Yes, you do. It is a solar calendar with 12 months of 28 to 31 days each year. The year in both calendars consists of 365 days. Which one does? Both of them. Now, which ones are we talking about? The um, Gregorian calendar and um, what was the other one? Solar calendar. The calendar spaces leap years to make its average year 365.2425 days long. Just tell me, what calendar? I'm going to use the AAA calendar. This is getting... Uh, oh, that's on the wall. Real. Okay. Well, anyway, here. let's see here. What else? <clears throat> it is complicated. Um... Okay, well, let's just pretend we didn't do that. (laughs) Okay, on this date in 1936, the first prefrontal lobotomy in America was performed by a Walter Freeman and a James Watts. It occurred at George Washington University Hospital in Washington, D.C. Now, a lobotomy. That's... The frontal lobe of uh, the brain. Okay, okay. Is is basically clipped. And why would that be done? Uh it's for well, they if, if I remember correctly, it was done back years ago because they thought it was a cure for uh, mental instability. Okay. You know, instead of like we have treatment today, we have psychologists, psychiatrists. Okay. And medication, back then they didn't have that. So, so the term lobotomy, <clears throat> if you don't mind. Yeah, I'm gonna get it right here. It's a surgical procedure in which the nerve pathways in a lobe of the brain are severed from those in other areas. Because, um, let's see. Or for what reason? Well, again, let's see. Arguing, the Soviet Union banned the surgery mm. in 1950, arguing that it was contrary to the principles of humanity. Mm. Interesting. Yeah, you, lobotomies continue to be performed on a limited scale in the U.S. 
Britain, Scandinavia, and several Western European countries. Okay, so we're thinking uh, to help one's mental status. Yeah. Okay, um, we'll leave it at that. Let's see. It's intended to reduce tension or agitation. And many early patients did exhibit those changes. However, many also showed other effects such as apathy. <laughs> yeah. Passivity, lack of initiative, poor ability to concentrate, and a generally decreased depth and intensity of their emotional response to life. Okay, I, I, I'm, I'm, we've gone too far on this, but I'm going to ask one more question. Okay. Is this something that is still done today, lobotomy? I do not think so. Okay. Let's leave it at that. Okay. 1939, the world's first practical helicopter, the VS-300, designed by Igor Sikorsky, takes a tethered flight in Stratford, Connecticut. Tethered flight. Interesting. Yeah. Back real quick, lobotomy is rarely, if ever, performed today, and uh, it's only used to treat patients for whom all other treatments have failed. Okay. You know, faintly, uh, here I wanted to drop it because I thought we'd gone too far, but yeah. now I thought I've had another thought. Wasn't that something that was performed at our own mental health center up on I, the hill? I believe so, yes. Once in a while? Yeah, decades ago. I, I think it was, if I remember correctly, yeah. from research and things I've read, the history of the uh, what they used to call, they used to call it the state hospital. Well, of course, yes. Um, okay, well, let's go on. Okay. Uh, let's see. 1949, India's Constituent Assembly adopts Hindi as an official language. <clears throat> and uh, today, they say, is celebrated as Hindi Day. 1956, IBM introduces the Ramak 305. I don't know if I said Ramak, um, pronounced that right or not, but R-A-M-A-C, all caps, 305. What was it? Well, it was the first commercial computer with a hard drive that uses magnetic disk storage. By the way, what do you think it weighed? Um, 400 pounds. Over a ton. <laughs> I knew they were big. They used to take up entire rooms. Oh, the one I, the, the, okay, I had two of them. Not I, the government owned two of them that I had some responsibility for uh, when I was in the service. And they each occupied, well, the space, all, the, the two of them, the room they, it's, they sat in and occupied, and it took multiple people to operate. Was the size of the book, of the floor in the convocation center? Yeah, I'm not kidding. I'm not surprised. Yeah, I've seen pictures of those early computer models. I want to say they, it was a System Three, but I, I maybe I'm wrong. Anyway. 
1960 on this date, Iraq, Iran, Kuwait, Saudi Arabia, and Venezuela form the Organization of Petroleum Exporting Exporting Countries, otherwise known as, take the first letters, OPEC. We hear about OPEC still often. Yes, and more frequently as gas prices go up. 2020, just a couple years, um, wait a minute, this is 2021, so a year ago, I guess. Astronomers report possible sign of life on Venus after detecting (coughs) phosphine, P-H-O-S-P-H-I-N-E, one word, phosphine, I'll go with that. In planet's atmosphere by telescope. Wouldn't that be something if there really was life on other planets? Yeah. Yeah, I I think it would. But I'm reading this as though phosphine is like um, a plant. It is a colorless, flammable, very toxic gas. Why then would that be a sign of life? I don't know, maybe... Sounds like just the opposite. Yeah, it does. Oh, well. Famous birthdays. Okay. We have... um, Alexander von Humboldt. Very nice. Very cool. (laughs) Born in 1769, died in 1859. He was a German geographer, naturalist, explorer, and proponent of romantic philosophy Mm. and science. He was the younger brother of the Prussian minister, philosopher, and linguist Wilhelm von Humboldt. Okay, the next person, Margaret Sanger. S-A-N-G-E-R. She was born on this date in 1879, died in 1966. Margaret Higgins Sanger, also known as Margaret Margaret Sanger Slee, was an American birth control activist, sex educator, writer, and (laughs) nurse. She has pretty eyes. They look like my mom's eyes. Okay, the next one... Mercy. This guy looks a little um, show busy. Amy Winehouse. Oh, yes. Oh, you know this person. Yeah, she's a singer. Okay. She was born on this date in 1983. Died in 2011. English singer known for her deep, expressive contralto vocals and her eclectic mix of musical genres including soul, rhythm, and blues. And unfortunately, tragically, um, she didn't... Yeah, why such a short life? uh, ...found dead inside her London apartment. Multiple investigations concluded she died of alcohol poisoning. She had a blood alcohol content, according to the coroner's report, of 0.416 more than five times the legal limit 
to drive. Okay. Very unfortunate. She was a great, great singer, great right. voice. Do we have a tune by her anywhere? Um, I think we probably do. Well, when you um, get a chance, yeah. take a look. Okay. The last, the last birthday. Of course, we got a couple deaths typically too, but. The last birthday to mention today is that of Sam Neill, N-E-I-L-L, who is celebrating his 74th birthday. And if you saw his picture, you'd recognize him from various uh, programs and uh, TV shows and so on. Um, Nigel John Dermott Sam Neill is a New Zealand actor, producer, director, and writer. He was born in... Northern Ireland moved to Christchurch, New Zealand with his family in 1954. He sure does look familiar. Mm-hmm. Movies and TV shows, Jurassic World, Jurassic Park, Peaky Blinders, Hunt for the Wilder People, which I know none of them except Jurassic Park. He is well known for his roles in Steven Spielberg's Jurassic Park. In 1993. Okay, two deaths to mention. Well, maybe uh, there might be another one. Anyway, Aaron Burr. Oh, yes. 1756, his birth, died on this date in 1836. And um, remember the famous duel? Aaron Burr was a vice president. A lawyer served as a third vice president of the United States uh, during President Thomas Jefferson's first term from 1801 to 1805. And uh, he was in that duel with Alexander Hamilton. They, well, the duel was because of, according to this, disparaging remarks Hamilton had allegedly made about Burr at a dinner. Can you imagine if... Somebody said something bad about it? Yeah, can you imagine today? So you go for a duel. Yeah. Hmm. Okay, (laughs) by the way, we have a caller. We shouldn't make him wait any longer. Good morning, you're on the air. Tickety-poo. Tickety-poo, indeed. (laughs) Talking about birthdays. Yes, sir. Last month was mine. Oh, dear. And my youngest son, his family, gave me the best birthday gift I could ever have. Which is... A grandson. Hey. Oh, how about that? On your birthday? Yeah. On my birthday. That's cool. Did they yeah. name him Tickety Poo by any chance? No, they named him Weston Michael. Weston Michael. Well, well, that's pretty close. Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I, I didn't mean it's close. I just meant I like the name. Yeah. yeah. I, uh, you know what's funny? I go walking down the street there in Athens, you know. I'll be talking to a man, and I'll blue somebody I'll say, hey, you tickety poo. You're famous. <laughs> it's funny what radio can do. Yes. Yeah. Well, I, I'm glad I'm famous in that sense. That's right. <laughs> no, I, I just had to let you. I didn't know if I told y'all or not. You know, when you turn 39, you kind of forget stuff. <laughs> well, congratulations, man. Thank y'all. Yes, okay. congratulations. Well, Don, we'll see you later. Y'all keep a good day. Have a uh, good day. Thank you. See you, Don. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Uh, another famous death dimension is that of um, William McKinley, 
born in 1843, died on this date in 1901. He was a U.S. president. Yep. Now, here there's a little The 25th blurb. U.S. president. It says, uh, September 14th, fatal legacy of a beautiful Riviera. Yeah, he was assassinated in Buffalo. Who are you talking about? Oh, William McKinley. Oh, I'm... And you went September 14th. I went on to another story. Okay. Sorry. (laughs) Fatal Legacy of a Beautiful Riviera. Says two famous American women, Grace Kelly and Isadora Duncan, both died after tragic motoring accidents in the same area on this day, though a half a century apart. bit of trivia, you might say. Um, now, let's see, we've done this, we've done that. Okay, here's another little blurb I want to put in here. One of those history things. Um, Theodore Roosevelt. On this date, September 14th, 1901, becomes the youngest U.S. president. Now, if you're saying, well, you know, aren't presidents normally taking office the first of the year or whatever it is, this was because... Um, William McKinley who was president at the time had been assassinated right? Yes. So on September 14, 1901 Theodore Roosevelt was sworn in as the United States president. He was only 42 years old at the time. And at that moment became the 26th president of the United States. Now they go on here with another sentence, short, but I'm not sure I understand it. It says his inauguration was the fifth non-scheduled of its kind in the 20th century. Fifth non-scheduled of its kind in the 20th century. Does that mean there have been other assassinations and so the inaugurations were... It's something to that effect, I think. Yeah. Anyway, going on. Roosevelt had developed an interest in politics at a very young age. He was elected to the New York State Assembly as a Republican at the age of 23. He was the youngest lawmaker in the state. Again, New York State. He left politics in 84, 1884, that is, and retreated to his ranch in Dakota Territory following his wife and mother's death. 
but he resumed politics just uh, two years later, but lost New York City's mayoral race. He was later elected as the city's governor in 1898. Well, uh, let's see. Following McKinley's win in the 1900 presidential election, Roosevelt became the vice president as he was run, as he was the running mate. Oh, McKinley Roosevelt. Yeah, now I got it right. He was sworn into office after McKinley succumbed to gunshot wounds in an assassination. Last paragraph about this. Uh, uh, Apart from being young and physically strong, Roosevelt was a high achiever. Under his leadership, his administration confronted the struggle between corporates and labor. He will be remembered for the first antitrust actions he spearheaded against monopolistic uh, or monopolist. How do you say that? uh, Monopolistic? Well, there's no IC. Monopolist corporation. Oh, monopolist. (laughs) I was making that so hard. (laughs) Monopolist corporations. That's much easier. Last sentence. He earned his reputation as a conservative after setting aside more than 200 million acres for reserves, national forests, and wildlife refuge refuge uh, centers. Something we very much are proud of today. Okay. Changing topics completely. Okay, the Bobcats, football team, right? They're due to play Louisiana. Now, today's Tuesday. Yes. They're, they're, they're due to play Louisiana Thursday evening down there, right? Yes. I think Louisiana is in Lafayette, Louisiana. I'm not mistaken. Yeah. I think they used to be called that ULL, University of Louisiana at Lafayette. You know there's a hurricane brewing down there? Mm-hmm. Heading towards Texas. Well. And that m- area. Even more specifically, it, it, by my, I looked at the radar this morning in Louisiana, mercy. Uh, there are. So Lafayette, where is Lafayette? It's just a few, I don't know, I'd say 90 miles west of New Orleans. Maybe it's more, but it's right in that zone. Yeah, it's right in there. And when you look at the radar, even presently, that place is dark with uh, the greens and the yellows. Um, and it, so it's just sort of occurred to me, that, and they're talking about Hurricane Nicholas, which is what's affecting this area, or could, 
or is likely to, could it be that the game would be postponed? Oh, yes. It pos- quite possibly could be moved to a Saturday, I'm guessing. Because when, when once the storm had passed yeah, farther through? Yep, because both teams are off Saturday since they would be, they were scheduled to play on Thursday. Well, just while you're bored back there, not, not <laughs> I didn't mean that. Um, is there any kind of speculation to that effect? I haven't heard any, but, uh, I, you know, that's always a possibility. You know, with COVID, with weather, uh, you know, Major League Baseball pro, uh, postponed some games because of Hurricane Ida. Uh, they, the Miami Marlins had games postponed. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's it's a very real possibility that it could be because of, according to the track I'm looking at here of Hurricane Nicholas, it's headed right for Louisiana. Right. It's in the uh, southwestern portion of Texas, <coughs> and moving toward that way is you know the 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 track has it going pretty close to Lafayette based on the approximation of where Lafayette is located. Right. Well, um, we could do some COVID statistics, the daily update. But we do that fairly often. And unless, unless there's some, if someone calls and says, please do, I'm going to put it off which means the next time we'll really have a chance to do it is Friday. Because tomorrow and Thursday we have guests. Danny Underhill is going to be here tomorrow. She is the president of our Athens Area Chamber of Commerce. She's also a friend. Another friend of mine, the mayor, Steve Patterson, will be with us on um, Thursday. No, wait a minute. Yeah, that's right. Am I? Today's Tuesday. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that's right. Okay, so I brought in a story that came across my um, sources last night. Now, you'll you'll understand. We've we've got so much (sighs) COVID and all this stuff. A lot of negative things. This is 2021's happiest states, happiest states in America. A study, right? And I thought, wow, that would be uplifting, I hope. So let's see what we got. Happiness comes from a combination of internal and external factors. We can influence it somewhat by approaching situations positively or choosing to spend time with people we love, doing activities we enjoy. Some years it's harder to be happy than others, though. Over the past year and a half, the COVID-19 pandemic disrupted life as we know it and hurt many people's mental health. 
with four in ten adults reporting symptoms of anxiety or depressive disorder. While the country has made a lot of progress with vaccination and has mostly reopened, there continue to be plenty of stresses that come with transitioning back to normal life, too. In light of this, we researched for the states that will be the most that will most promote happiness in the wake of COVID-19. In this study, we drew upon the findings of happiness research to determine which environmental factors are linked to a person's overall well-being and satisfaction with life. Did that make sense? Did I read that okay? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think so. Previous studies have found that good economic, emotional, physical, and social health are all key to a well-balanced and fulfilled life. So, to determine where Americans exhibit the best combination of these factors, we examined the 50 states across 31 key metrics. Those metrics range from depression rate and the positive COVID-19 testing rate to income growth and the unemployment rate, just to mention a few of those, what they say, 31 key metrics. So here we go. The happiest states in the United States. Okay. Scott? Hawaii. (laughs) Hawaii comes in third. (laughs) Um, Pick, uh, lay it out, and I'll I'll help. Um, I know you're just guessing. Arizona. Arizona. Florida. Just a minute. I'm still looking for Arizona. It must be way down there. Or I'm, it's, um, oh, here it is, 27th. Okay, 27th is Arizona. What was the last one you said? Florida, and then I'm going to Nevada. Okay, just a minute now. Florida is 34th. Nevada is um they don't have these spaced neatly for me to spot nevada is 23rd oh i o oh 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 i see what you mean <laughs> um 39th oh way down there but you want to know something better michigan is lower no 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 Wyoming is lower. Wyoming is 40th. <laughs> okay. Okay, so th- we've jumped around. So the what is the number one state? Utah. I think that's amazing. Yeah. Uh, it, it is also a state I know probably the least about, to be perfectly honest. I have a good friend that owns a radio station there, and I visited... I've probably been there twice, once to his station and once just sort of driving through, I guess. 
But the happiest state right now, they say, is Utah, its residents. So in the three basic groupings, in work environment, it's number one. In community environment, it's number one. In emotional and physical well-being, it's number nine. Utah, number one. Number two, Minnesota. Number three, Hawaii. Number four, California, where son Paul is. Number five, North Dakota. Sixth, South Dakota. Seventh, Idaho. Eighth, the state of Maryland. Ninth, New Jersey. And tenth, Massachusetts. Okay, another state that's important to my family, Vermont, is twelfth. Another state important to my family, Virginia, 17th. Is New York our most populated state in terms of per square mile and stuff? I'm guessing so. Anyway, New York State, 18th. Well, you're probably wondering, where is Ohio? Once again, we said it earlier, but... In this sense, it's 39th. Community environment, it ranks 25th. Work environment, 37th. And emotional and physical well-being, 40th. Who's last? Scott? Yes. Uh, Kentucky, West Virginia. Well, uh, Kentucky is 45th, but dead last is West Virginia. They got poked again. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> Alaska is a couple notches under Ohio. Okay, let's see. Is there anything I can add to this? We have... Uh, you know, let's see here. Lowest share of adult depression. Nah. Highest adequate sleep rate. Interesting. Highest sports participation rate. Lowest suicide rate. Fewest work hours. Long. Well, anyway, on any of these studies, I get those kind of breakout of information. But, you know, we have about um, two and a half minutes remaining. And... Uh, you know, we had this story about Amy Winehouse uh, having passed, uh, when was it, a few years ago. Yeah. She was on our uh, list of famous deaths. So Scott found this tune, and um, let's see, which one should we do? That's probably her most popular one okay. right there. They tried to make me go to rehab. I said no, no, no. Yes, I've been black, but when I come back, you know, no, no. I ain't got the time, and if my daddy thinks I'm fine, then try to make me go to rehab, I won't go.
know, Scott, I I don't recognize this song at all. I uh, do. Do you? Yeah. I'll be darned. But her her voice and her picture match up, and I can't explain it. it they just do. We're out of time. Our 71st year of service to Southeast Ohio, AM 970 and 97.1 FM. Is CBS News on the Hour, presented by Indeed.com. I'm Deborah Rodriguez. The polls have just opened in California, and voters have begun deciding whether to recall Governor Gavin Newsom over the way he's handled the pandemic. It's a split decision in Walnut Creek. You can walk up and down this block and see why we need a change. It's closed businesses. It's not good. I know people don't love Gavin. Not the biggest Gavin fan either, actually, but I think it's a waste of money, and we should wait till the next election. CBS's Major Garrett is in Marina Del Rey, where Democrats are confident they'll win. Five weeks ago, Democrats admit the race was closed and Newsom in real trouble. Why recall him now as opposed to waiting next year until the regular general election? I mean, it's just a year away. As, as I think to prove a point. I think to get, to get the guy out of there, he's not doing a job, obviously. Uh, so let's, let's take a stand as Americans and get him out. For the governor to lose this election, the polls would not just have to be wrong, but spectacularly wrong. That is possible, though not probable. Newsom's chief rival, Republican talk show host Larry Elder. In Freeport, Texas... <laughs> 